Hi, I'm Steve Playford from Link Group, and I'm taking over today's podcast. The UK Corporate Governance Code is changing. But before these changes come into effect, the Financial Reporting Council, who are responsible for the code, have been holding an open consultation with the wider corporate governance community to ensure that developments taking place are suitable and that companies and boards are fully engaged. As part of this, we had the pleasure of hosting the FRC at two thought leadership events in our Leeds and London offices. So, in this episode, I sat down with David Stiles, who leads the corporate governance and stewardship team at the Financial Reporting Council, to talk us through some of the changes likely to take place, how their consultation is going, and what to expect in the future. The events we held were part of our AHEAD programme for corporate governance professionals. AHEAD is a regular series of in-person events, so if you'd like to find out more and get involved, I'll leave a link in the description. I'm now going to hit play so you can listen back to our conversation. I hope you enjoy it. (laughs) Okay, good. So, thanks for joining us today, David. We're here to talk about the UK Corporate Governance Code and the changes that are impending um, after five years. Uh, 2018 was the last time um, that there were any changes to the Governance Code, so probably overdue. But before we get into that, I'd like you to tell us a bit about yourself and also your role at the FRC. Okay. Well, thanks, Stephen. Thanks for inviting me. It's uh, it's good to talk. And uh, yeah, um, Corporate Governance Code is a integral part of the UK's corporate governance um, framework. Um, I've been at the FRC for around nine years. Prior to that, I was a civil servant for 30 years. Um, I dealt with a number of issues in the civil service. Well, many of them related to company law, direct shareholder rights, directors pay, those those kinds of issues. And I came over as uh, Director of Corporate Governance and Stewardship at the FRC. And what that means is that my team and I are responsible for the UK Corporate Governance Code, which applies to the premium listed sector. Also the Stewardship Code, which is a, a major code for uh, investors, which we've developed over the past uh, four or five years or so. Also responsible for the weights principles. Weights principles are those principles which um, um, apply to uh, large private companies as well. So, you know, we've got a lot of strings to our bow, uh, and um, it's interesting work. Fantastic. So, specifically, you've been here at our London offices today um, mm-hmm. to uh, speak to, to our clients um, about uh, the changes to the UK Corporate Governance Code. So, how did that go? And maybe if you could give us a little bit of background about the code, what developments are underway so far, and, uh, and also, you know, why it all matters. Why are, are you making these changes? Um, we, we had a good discussion today. Uh, it was well received. Um, I think the interesting thing about this uh, consultation on the code is it's it's not about the obvious headline grabbing subjects. Often we're talking about shareholder rights, uh, or we're talking about directors' remuneration, or we're talking about other sort of issues around governance, particularly when there's been some sort of corporate failure. Um, what we don't often talk about are issues such as internal control, risk, audit, and assurance. As I said. They're not the ones that spark, have been sparking attention over the years, and, and perhaps they should have done, um, because uh, every time uh, we see uh, corporate failures, um, the, 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 there's an urgency about doing some, something about them. And, and actually, that is the background to why we're revising uh, the code uh, at, at this point. Um, you referred to the fact that uh, the last revision was in 2018, so obviously the, the consultation took, took place before that. By the time we actually implement the code, 
uh, 1st of Jan 2025. You know, it will have been more than five, you know, five, six years mm -hmm. since the last code. And I, I think that's good because there was a tendency for the code to be reviewed every two years and everyone's paying catch up, in, including us. Uh, and now we've had, we'd had time for the current code um, to bed to bed down. And I think companies have, generally speaking, responded very well to the current code of reporting's improving and that and that and that's really good. And as I've said, this this is it's not some people are badging it as a major review. I don't think it's a it's a it's a major review. That happened last time. We we really completely restructured the code last time. This review is about section four of the code, which is uh, what we've been talking about as audit risk in, in, in internal controls. That's where 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 what, those are the key issues that we're focusing on. Okay, fantastic. And this is so today was kind of um, one of many engagements that you guys mm -hmm. are doing um, at the FRC to, to really get out and, and, and get some feedback from uh, yeah. people that are actually going to have to uh, work with the code uh, going forward. So lots of company secretaries. Um, one of the things that's, that's come out of the sessions that we've run with you um, in Leeds and London uh, is this whole idea that is this going to be a a sort of socks plus or another way of mm. kind of introducing Sarbanes Oxley into the UK. Yeah. Um, what would be your answer to that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I think I think comparisons with uh, uh, I'm not able to ban the comparisons with Sarbanes Oxley. Um, it's a bit like comparing apples and pears, really. It's it's um, if you look at the totality of a socks filing in the US, you know that's a that's a big piece of work. The thing that we're focusing on here is 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 internal controls. And we were doing this in the in our typically British way, which is to uh, uh, think about this flexibly. Um, so we're not asking for um, you know forms to fill in and, and boxes to tick. Uh, we're we're looking at this from a code approach. We're looking about companies thinking about their own particular situations and reporting flexibly uh, about their internal controls. Um, and there's some sort of meaty questions in the code about how that's done because you, we have to strike a balance between not overburdening companies in asking them to report about absolutely everything, and that's where the key point about materiality comes in when, it, when we're thinking about um, when we're thinking about uh, internal controls, but also providing uh, decision useful information to investors as well um, because investors use this information for a wide variety of reasons. So yeah, I, I don't think the the comparison with Sarbanes Oxley is you know is is I don't think it's relevant or particularly helpful. And we need to think about this from a from a from a UK perspective and how we get improved reporting on internal controls using the code. Excellent. And I love, love the way that you described it as, a, as a, the British approach. Um, and I find that comply or explain is a very British kind of thing. I yes. think we're, we're pretty well behaved people overall. Mm -hmm. um, but some people, and, and certainly there's been talk about maybe some of the proxy advisors, um, you know, almost like sort of treating it as more like a comply or else mm -hmm. situation, um, which, which I don't think it is meant to be. But how would you sort of you know, if, if you're a, a company secretary or a CEO or a, you know, a, a CFO and you feel that way that it does feel a little bit like complier else, how would you, um, how would you address that? Well, it certainly isn't complier else. It is complier explain. And it's been that like that since the original Cadbury code in, in 1992. And, and the fo our focus is to get it working better. And I realise that there are some constraints out there. But over the past three years, we've seen companies much more willing to declare non-compliance with the code. Now, you'd think that as a regulator, uh, um, we'd be unhappy about that, quite the reverse. 
Uh, we think that's a good thing because it, it tells us that companies are being more willing to say that they do not comply and, and providing an explanation about um, why that takes place. And it's, it's a good quality explanation that improves transparency, gets investors more uh, better information. Uh, and we've seen that happen. Uh, we've also put out guidance, uh, February 22, I think we did, on what a good explanation looks like. Uh, and people have told us that they find that extremely helpful as well. Um, so uh, I think that, that companies, you know, clearly uh, there's a bit of relationship building that needs to go on between companies and proxy advisors and, in fact, investors, because, of course, um, uh, proxy, they're, the, they're the clients of uh, proxy advisors. And, and, of course, proxy advisors think, give advice in different ways. Not, not all, it's not all uniform. Uh, and, of course, investors think about uh, uh, company governance and decision-making on, on, on ESG, et cetera, in different ways. Uh, so I realize that it can seem a bit of a minefield, um, but you know, we're pushing for supplier explained to me to, to work better. Um, we have actually done some research uh, on the role of proxy advisors. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good broad and deep analysis of, of the advice. Um, I suggest you go onto our website where that will be available. I think that people will recognize some uh, of the approaches that are that are uh, recognised in that in that research, but also it's a bit of a more of a nuanced situation as well, and, and uh, we're really interested in the response to that um, that research because uh, clearly it's a live issue and it's been a live issue as I explained to someone the other day. For my, I think I'm, how long have I been involved in corporate governance? Instead of fifteen years now, um, I think I was talked about about proxy advisors on day one so it's not going away um but at least we've been able to approach this from a flexible point of view and part of the code uh, and do some research and we hope that people find that helpful yeah fantastic and so from the sound of it you don't really think that there are going to be any particularly contentious issues um from you know from the, the work you've done so far and and the reaction that you've had from during the consultation period uh, no really contentious issues, but the, it's a genuine consultation. And I said there's some sort of meaty questions about um, when it comes to in contr internal controls, um, to what extent do the board reveal their deliberations? Um, that's quite a difficult one. And, I'm, I've, you know, I've just referred to that. It's a question of getting that balance right between the deliberations, the decisions they have to make about what is material, what is a material risk and how they disclose uh, how they deal with that and disclose that, um, and getting proper information or effective information to investors. So, yeah, there are some difficult issues there, um, but we've said in the consultation that you know we don't know the precise answers quite yet. We put a proposal forward, but we're really willing to to listen to what people say. Uh, the other thing that's going to prove um, uh, very helpful to people is the guidance that comes with the code, because at the minute the guidance is quite disparate. Um, we've got the board effectiveness guidance, the internal control and risk guidance, we've got the audit committee guidance. What we want to do is consolidate all of that, make it, co make it coherent, introduce new elements to help um, companies with, with the new code. Uh, that won't be released cold. That will come out after um, our proper deliberations over the, over the summer. Um, we will socialise that guidance before we publish it. We will get a bit more... Um, we'll do a bit more engagement on that to make sure we get that right. Excellent. Okay, so, and obviously this is a consultation, as you've said. 
And I think the events that we've run, and I think you, you'll obviously be doing many more and engaging with, with people through a lot of other platforms over the next few months. But uh, how else can people get more involved? You know, people that are listening to this, you know, and they want to sort of feed back directly to you or talk to you or, or, or your colleagues about, um, you know, how they feel about the uh, proposed changes. How can they get more involved in that conversation? Uh, well, we're not ivory tower regulators. Uh, we're happy to talk to people at any time so they can uh, email us or um, they can email inquiries at the FRC or get in touch with our stakeholder engagement team at the FRC. Perhaps uh, some uh, companies or organizations actually would like us to, to host an event about it. And we'll certainly consider all of that. I mean, we've got a whole raft of events over, over, over the summer and um, I'm sure we've got room for, for a couple more if, uh, if that wants to happen. Fantastic. David, thank you so much for coming in and speaking to our clients today, but also uh, coming in and doing this podcast as well. Really appreciate it. Um, and uh, good luck with the consultation period and the changes to the code. Thanks very much indeed, Steve. I just encourage everyone who's listening to reply to the consultation. We take all the replies seriously and we consider them all. Uh, and it's not without that really quality input that we're able to sort of develop the policy and, and get the code right. And that's a wrap. A huge thank you to David for taking the time to talk to us and to the team at the FRC for coming to present at our events. If you'd like to find out about the FRC and the changes to the UK Corporate Governance Code, you can go to their website at frc.org.uk where you can access a range of information. The site also has links to their social media channels, so make sure that you give them a follow too. I've linked their website in the description of this episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you found this episode useful, make sure that you hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Thank you very much. See you soon.